What's up and welcome back to the Secret Sauce Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Swing, and you can already tell that this episode is a little different. There's no intro music. I wanted to record this episode because I'm speaking in Houston at the Chick-fil-A Leadership Conference there and wanted to give everybody that attends the conference the opportunity to take my keynote back to their teams to be a catalyst for discussions moving forward on how they'll reinforce a growth mindset into their culture. And number two, all of my friends who aren't in Houston, who maybe have seen me post on LinkedIn about being at the conference, I wanted to give you a glimpse at some of what I'll be talking about while I'm there. And I'm actually going to get everybody, all five or 600 people that'll be in attendance to do the hokey pokey right off the bat, which is going to be awesome. I was listening to the song recently with my kids in the car and the last two iterations of it, it says to put your whole head in, take your whole head out, put your whole head in, you shake it all about, you do the hokey pokey, you turn yourself around and then you put your whole self in is the last piece of it. And I thought, what a great example of the relationship between a growth mindset and leadership, because it starts with our mindset and then that unlocks the opportunity to be able to put our whole self in to the way that we grow ourselves as leaders and the way that we grow others as leaders. I am also planning on talking a lot about my family, which I don't get super deep into here on the podcast, but I have an incredible support system and family. Shout out Swing Family. My wife, Erin, she is the glue. And I'm not talking about like the Elmer's glue that you used back in, in elementary school. I'm talking about liquid cement, gorilla glue, the stuff that you get it on your fingers and it like rips your skin off. You got to go to the doctor to get it off. That's how strongly she holds our crew together. And I've got three kids. My oldest is Elliot. She's four. Middle one is Graham. He is two. And our youngest is Palmer. She's nine months old and adorable. My wife and I were standing in the kitchen the other night after getting the kids down for bed. It was a long day and we were debriefing from the day. She, she asked me, do you think you'd be the same person that you are today if you wouldn't have spent the last six years at Wildspark, which is where I work, obviously. And I paused for a second and my immediate response was absolutely not. There's no chance I would be the same person that I am today if it wasn't for the last six years at WildSpark, because you see over the past six years, I've had the opportunity to work with 300-ish Chick-fil-A teams, implementing their system and, and helping them scale leadership development within their teams. And while those partnerships have been super cool and have got to hear all kinds of life impact that, is, that has come from that, selfishly, I personally have benefited so much because tied to those 300-ish Chick-fil-A's are people people that have intentionally poured into me, that have made me a better husband, a better father, a better leader. And I'm forever grateful for that. So about four years into my Wild Spark journey, two years ago, I decided I can't just hoard up all of this wisdom for myself. And that's when I decided to launch this podcast. I'm excited to share today. It has over 11,000 downloads. And that's thanks to a lot of you who listen to it and share it with your friends. Please continue to do that. I, um, I have not grown a multi-billion dollar business like 
Dan Cathy, the keynote before mine. I have also not commanded Navy SEALs like Rourke Denver, who's the keynote after mine. But I can say genuinely that Chick-fil-A has changed my life. And I am a product of a growth mindset and maximizing all of the relationships that I've been so blessed to be able to build and cultivate with dynamic people out there like you. And so what I'm going to be talking about in the conference is actually a big problem that exists in our world today, something that's super concerning. It's a fixed mindset. I think it's contagious and it's running rampant throughout our culture, our our big culture of our country that we live in today. You see, everything is so convenient and efficient. I can tap a few buttons and anything will arrive on my front doorstep in about two days with Amazon Prime. I can order any food that I want to and it would be here in about 30 minutes. I can also go anywhere that I want to and somebody will come pick me up. And so we're, we're forced into thinking that slow is bad and, uh, and having to wait is bad. And the best things are on the other side of working hard at something for a long period of time. I saw a study recently that said the number one indicator of future success is our ability to delay gratification, choosing to do the hard thing now and knowing that it's going to pay off in the long run. And so because we have this inability to wait, it's forced us into this fixed mindset. Also, we live in the age of social media with TikTok and Instagram and threads now and Facebook, if you're still on Facebook. And uh, what it's caused us to do is put more, uh, more of a focus on the perceived value that we have of other people and caring more about our perceived value of what other people think about us than actual experienced value. You see, we believe about what we see in somebody's highlight reel on their social media account. And we think that that's it. And that's just not the case. That's not, that's not the whole picture. And behind any success, you would know that days, weeks, months, maybe even years of hard work have gone into that success, but we don't see all of that anymore because we aren't connecting in a meaningful life on life way. And this, this problem really hit me Um, A little bit ago, I had the opportunity to play basketball in college and played on one of the best Division I teams in NAIA, which means out of all of the teams that couldn't make it in the NCAA, our team was one of the best. And what gives me tons of joy now is really getting to pour into the next generation of basketball players and teaching them leadership skills through the game of basketball I had this player, his name was Brian, and Brian was every coach's dream. He always gave 100% effort whenever he stepped on the court. He never complained, and he went, even when I had them running their fifth suicide. And a lot of times he would stay after practice and get up extra shots, put up extra reps, and put in more work. And one day during practice, we were about halfway through the practice and I I had them doing a rebounding drill and Brian was putting forth his typical all out effort, grabbing a lot of the rebounds, working really hard. When I heard another player on the baseline named Jason say, quit being such a try hard. 
and it caught me by surprise. I'd never heard the term try hard before. And maybe some of you haven't heard the term try hard yet either. If you're a younger leader, it's something that you're probably super familiar with. But I grew up thinking that trying hard was something to be celebrated. It was a positive. You needed to have a strong work ethic. And here Jason was using it in a negative way towards Brian. You see, the definition of try hard in the dictionary actually it exists is a person who participate a, a person who participates in an activity with too much enthusiasm, emotion, effort, or commitment. And it's really sad that this word exists, that leaders will grow up thinking that I can't have too much enthusiasm or I can't have too much emotion or effort or commitment to something because somebody may call me out on it. There's no such thing as too much effort towards something that you truly care about, that truly matters to you or too much enthusiasm for that thing. But you see, Jason was operating out of a fixed mindset and how Carol Dweck would define fixed mindset in her book called mindset would be the belief that intelligence, personality, character, talent, athletic ability, it's all, they're all static traits. You either have it or you don't. And what it results in is a desire to appear successful that any given moment is an indication of how valuable you are because you're putting on display what your athletic ability is or what your intelligence is is or what your personality is like and you're threatened by other people who are trying harder than you are and so that's why jason said that but brian was showing up every day to practice with a growth mindset and that's the belief that all of those things that i just listed can be developed and it results in a desire to learn and to grow you see brian every day should have to practice knowing that it was an opportunity to get better that if he worked hard enough during that practice, he would come out of that practice a better basketball player than he was going into it. And this may not seem monumental on a day-by-day basis, but you fast forward, fast forward this over the course of a lifetime, and it's the difference in you reaching your potential or not. It's the difference in you living a life of regret full of should'ves, would'ves, could'ves, and living a life that is uh, fulfilling, that is that leaves a legacy behind, that's admirable, that's honorable. And so how do we fix it? How do we get people to shift back towards a growth mindset? And also, I, I I think what what else is worth mentioning is that you can have a growth mindset in one area and have a fixed mindset in another area of your life that can coexist. I fell victim to that. In college, I definitely had a growth mindset when it came to basketball. I was getting in the gym as much as I possibly could because I knew that I needed to work if I wanted to be the best player that I could possibly be. But that same mentality didn't exist with how I did in classes and in school. You see, I would, I would do the bare minimum because I thought, man, intelligence is smart. I, smartness, IQ is something that you have or you don't, and you can't really change or improve that. And in reality, you can. You can work hard. You can study hard 
and it will drastically improve your intelligence. But I didn't realize that until after I graduated and I entered the professional world and I said, wow, if I'm going to, if I'm going to want to maximize my potential here, I've got to grow my intelligence the same way that I would grow my athletic ability. And I've got four C's for us to unpack that are going to reinforce that growth mindset in ourselves and our friends and our teams. And the first C is to clarify your purpose. And how I would describe this is if we went to a football field, a wide open football field, and I told you, I said, I said, run, no direction, no description, just run. And you ran, you know, you jogged probably around the football field and or directionless fashion. And I said, all right, come back to the 40 yard line. And I said, this time I want you to run to the end zone. Like you are going to score a touchdown and it is the Super Bowl, and the game is on the line. The clock's at zero and you've got to get in the end zone to win the game. I would bet that the way that you ran towards that end zone would be a lot different than the way that you ran previously. There'd be a lot more intent behind the way that you ran towards that goal line. And the same thing holds true for our growth mindset and realizing what our purpose is behind it. You see, our purpose is our engine. It's what drives us. And if we don't understand it, we're likely not going to have a growth mindset because a lot of times having a growth mindset is not easy. It's the difficult thing. It's the inconvenient thing. It's the uncomfortable thing that pushes us out of our comfort zone. And so if we don't have a really good reason for doing that, we're probably not going to do it. The definition of purpose is the reason for which we are doing something or the reason for which we exist or we're created. And so we have to make sure that we clarify that so that we can run full speed towards whatever it is that we want to run towards. There's a couple of really good impact statements that come from some guests here on the podcast and some other folks. The first one is simply make people's lives better. It comes from Terrell Daniel at Chick-fil-A Tech Road. And I love the simplicity of this and how much anybody could align with it. It is applicable in every area of your life. You can make people's lives better. The next one is to love and serve well. And this one comes from David Peck out in Chick-fil-A Palm Desert. And the specificity of this one is what I love so much, to love and serve well. We know that the quickest way that we can impact people is by serving them well. And you can do that in every area of your life. Again, the last one that I would share here comes from Colleen over at Chick-fil-A 1960 in Eldridge Parkway. And her team's purpose is to wholeheartedly serve others in a way that inspires fill in the blank. I thought this was so cool when I heard it for the first time that the people on her team get to decide what they fill in the blank with. They get to make the purpose statement their own. And that's so important because what ultimately matters is that we fully adopt it ourselves. It has to take hold on a personal level. We have to be able to answer the question, what will be said of me by my friends, by my family, by my coworkers, by my community? And then once we know that, we can work back into our purpose and how it plays out on a daily basis. Once we have that purpose in place, it's our foundation that we now get to build on. So that's the first C. The second C is to control our thoughts. And this is critically important because controlling our thoughts could be the difference between a growth opportunity or shutting something down and never doing it again. So 
take a journey with me. Let's go back in time to your high school self, if you are no longer in high school. And I want you to imagine yourself in your favorite class in high school, working on your favorite project, something that got you really fired up. And it's presentation day. So you're presenting on this project and you walk up in front of the class, you put up your poster board that you worked hard on and you hear somebody mutter in the front row, okay, here comes a try hard. And instantly you start to have anxiety creep in. You start to think, oh no, what are people going to think about me? What am I going to friend? What, what are my friends going to say about me after class? They're going to make fun of me. What if I fail this? What does that mean about how smart I am or how much I should pursue this thing that gets me really excited? What if I fail this? Should I never do it again? And then you shift focus to a growth mindset. And you simply think about this presentation as what it is. It's an opportunity to get better. You get to present, you get to get feedback, you get to flex your muscle, and then you get to continue growing it. And once you think about it that way, it's like you can feel the pressure just fade away. The anxiety starts to fade away when you can simply think about it as a growth opportunity, a chance to get better, not an indication of your future value. And so we have to take captive every thought. There's scripture in the Bible that says we take captive every thought. Very strong battle language because I believe it is a battle to constantly control our thoughts. Craig Rochelle would say it this way. He'd say our life is always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. Our life is always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. You see, if you think that you can or you think that you can't, you're probably right. I mentioned my family earlier and Palmer right now, our nine month old, she's trying to take steps and it's really funny to watch. She falls a lot, but she is so determined. She gets back up over and over and over again and keeps trying to walk. And if she found herself being consumed by what other people thought or how silly she was when she fell down, there's no chance she would be able to walk. She'd be five years old and crawling around somewhere, but she doesn't. She just stays focused on getting a little bit better each and every time she tries until eventually she will be able to walk. But somewhere along the way, the fixed mindset creeps in. Somewhere between that childlike faith and where we are now, we start caring more and more and more and more about what other people think and less about simply how we're growing through the situations. So I've got a couple of red flags to look out for. Uh, things that a fixed mindset would say. So if you hear this, if you yourself say this, or you hear somebody else say this, the red flag should go up. The first thing is, this way works. Why would I try something new? Success can be the biggest cause of a fixed mindset. It, it can cause us to get complacent and contentment can creep in. I imagine the executives at Blockbuster were probably sitting around a board and somebody said this. Somebody said, why would we try something new? People come into our stores, they rent movies. Why would we try something new? And then Netflix comes around and turns the industry on its head and obviously, you know, the rest, Blockbuster no longer exists. And we have to constantly be innovating and reinventing ourselves as leaders if we want to stay effective and relevant. The next one is, I'm too advanced to learn from them. See, this would imply that you've arrived as a leader to a certain level and uh, there's people that are beneath you that can't teach you something and 
this just isn't true. I personally love that Dan Cathy, he, if anybody, has the biggest excuse to say I'm I'm too advanced to learn from them. He's accomplished arguably more than any other business owner in our country in the past, I don't know, a couple of decades. But on his name tag, it always says in training. And that's to remind himself that every person is a person that he can learn from. And every opportunity is an opportunity for him to learn. And if Dan Cathy is constantly learning from every single thing, then I can learn from every single thing. None of us are too advanced to learn from anybody else. The next one is, if I ask a question, they'll think, I don't know what I'm doing. And this one makes me really sad because somebody is putting their growth on the back burner because they're worried about what other people think. And they're just not maximizing the opportunity by simply asking a question. And so we have to be curious and ask questions if we want to have a growth mindset. This next one's a, uh, a great Chick-fil-A example. They did 300 cars in an hour in their drive through Wow. You know what? They probably had a store close by that was closed for remodel. They probably had better infrastructure, more drive through lanes than we do. You see, a fixed mindset is threatened by success because it means that somebody else is, has more intelligence than they do. And there's no way for them to catch up. But a growth mindset set, set, says, no, I, I absolutely not. I can learn from them. I can catch up to them. So I'm going to go schedule time with that drive through director. And I'm going to ask them some intentional questions to learn what they did to do 300 cars in an hour in their drive through I don't even know if that's possible or not. But the last one is I'm not a fill-in-the-blank person. Uh, whatever you want to fill in the blank with. I'm not a creative person. I'm not a morning person. I'm not a thoughtful person. I'm not a exercise person. I'm not a social person. And what this does is it speaks into our identity and it rules out any possibility that we could grow in any of those things. So what would it look like instead of saying, I'm not a fill in the blank person to use the power of not yet and say, I'm not a fill in the blank person yet. I'm not a creative person yet, or I'm not a morning person yet, or I'm not an owner operator yet, but I, but I could be. And so the power of yet is very real. And I think if you would ask any creative person, any morning person, they'd probably tell you that it was something that they had to work at. It wasn't something that came naturally to them. Michael Jordan is a great example of greatness. I'm not going to say the goat word because all the LeBron fans will come after me as soon as this podcast is over with. But you can't argue with his list of accomplishments. I mean, the guy won six NBA championships and was the finals MVP in all six of those NBA championships. He was the MVP of the entire league five times. He was a nine-time NBA all-defensive first team. He was a defensive player of the year, perennial all-star, Hall of Fame inductee. A fixed mindset that would look at Michael Jordan, they would say, man, he had so much skill or he had so much athletic ability. But what Michael Jordan would tell you because he had a growth mindset, is he's missed more than 9,000 shots. It's a lot of shots to miss. He's lost 300 games. 26 times he was asked to take the game-winning shot, and he missed it, lost the game for his team. He has failed over and over and over and over again in his life, and that is why 
he succeeds. That's a quote that comes from Michael Jordan. I imagine that all 26 of those times that he lost the game for his team were heart-wrenching. Probably made him question his value as a basketball player. But instead of getting stuck in that fixed mindset, he chose to learn from it. You see, greatness wasn't ever uh, what Michael Jordan set out for. He simply set out to just be better each and every day. He was extremely competitive with himself. He knew that every shot he missed was an opportunity to learn from that shot that he missed and make the next shot. And every game that he lost was an opportunity to learn from that loss and win the next game. And the best part about this is this growth mindset. It's contagious. It flows over into our teams. And so what I didn't mention earlier when I was talking about Palmer walking is she has older siblings that I talked about earlier, a a brother and a sister and Elliot and Graham who are watching is me and my wife, Erin. We cheer on Palmer. We celebrate her trying over and over and over again. And a couple of weeks ago, they were at swim lessons. And this is their first time taking swim lessons. And Graham is really struggling at two years old. I mean, his head is going under the water more than it's staying above the water. And he's having a hard time. And they're sitting on the side of the pool. And I see Elliot, our oldest. She puts her arm around his shoulders and pulls him in. And she says, Graham, I love you, and you can do this. We can do this together. And that will melt your heart as a dad, getting to see your kids do that with each other. But it's because what you celebrate gets reproduced. Because they're around us celebrating constantly the growth mindset, the hard work to do the things to help continue to grow they're encouraging each other in that. And so how I would challenge you as a leader is if you would say, dude, I am solid on my growth mindset. Well, let's look at how you're celebrating your team. Are you celebrating the success? Are you celebrating the metrics that they hit? Are you celebrating the process? Are you celebrating the work that goes into it? Because that will drastically shift your culture. So number one, we clarified our purpose. Number two, we are controlling our thoughts that we're winning the battle that goes on in our mind each and every day. And then number three, we need to be intentional. We've got to create a plan to continue to grow because it doesn't happen by chance. You see, not all learners are leaders. Certainly there's researchers out there and scientists and things like that 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 would say that they're not leaders, but all leaders are learners. It's a non-negotiable for leadership. We have to be constantly growing ourselves. Here's the challenge with that though. In Psychology Today, there was a recent study that said the average American makes 35,000 conscious decisions every single day. 35,000 decisions in a day. I want to say it boils down to like a decision less than every two seconds or something like something crazy like that. But you think about the amount of times that we're distracted, the amount of notifications that we get on our phones, the amount of times we decide, do I keep scrolling or I stop scrolling? Do I take that step or not take that step? Do I walk this way or walk that way? A lot of decisions happen over the course of the day. And if we're not very careful, we'll let the world decide what decisions we're making. And we have to be making decisions that enlarge us. They don't diminish us because the biggest lie that we tell ourselves is that we stay the same, that we're just coasting, that we're stagnant. I mean, we're not making any, um, enlarging decisions for ourselves, but it's not diminishing us. No, absolutely not. It is diminishing us because if we're not getting better, we're getting worse because we're missing opportunities to get better. 
And the question that I would ask all of you, all of my listeners would be on a scale of one to five, how active and consistent is your learning? Scale of one to five, how active and consistent is your learning? One being Josh, man, I couldn't tell you the last time that I learned. It's so sporadic. That would be a one or five being multiple times a day. I am seizing opportunities to learn and to grow. And I'll speak first to the fives. So if you wrote down a five on your paper, if you uh, picked five in your mind, um, the challenge for you as a leader will be how do you reproduce that? Because once we've mastered it, we don't just keep it to ourselves, but we have a responsibility to steward the mastering of that skill and spread it to other people. And so how do you invite other people into that consistent learning model? If your score was anything less than a five, if it was four, three, two, or one, my, qu- my next question would be, what is one thing that you could stop doing to create space for something better, for daily learning? You see, I think some of us need to chill out with watching every season of Love is Blind or Keeping Up with the Kardashians or watching every game that your favorite sports team plays. I promise they'll be fine without you for a couple of games. And uh, and for others of us, it's it's our phones, right? It's social media. It's doom scrolling on TikTok or Instagram and looking up two hours later and realizing that you just wasted the past two hours, whatever it is. Let's do an audit and let's think about the things that we could cut out to make space for something better because I'm not so naive to think that uh, you're just sitting around looking for something to do for hours out of the day. No, it's probably filled up with something, but what is it and is it enlarging us or diminishing us? I've got a couple of recommendations for you of some, some shifts that we could make to induce this daily active learning into our lives. The first thing is to make your commute your classroom The average person spends about an hour commuting to work every day. That's 261 hours a year. That's enough time to get like 15 master's degrees. I don't know how many master's degrees that would equate to, but that's a lot of learning opportunity that we could be throwing away if we're just jamming out to Taylor Swift or listening to the latest true crime podcast or sports radio. And so what's a a podcast that you could listen to that could grow your leadership capacity like this one? Or what's an audio book that you could download and listen to as a way to grow when you're commuting? The, the next thing that I would recommend is to buy a book. And I use the word buy very intentionally because there's something powerful that happens when we put our hard-earned money towards something that, uh, that makes us very compelled to maximize that investment and to want to get the most out of that book. And so I would go buy a book I know that you probably have a bookshelf at home with a hundred books on it that have been probably given to you or accumulated over time. Go buy a new book, uh, a fresh book and dig into that and habit stack with it. So if you, if you're a coffee person, you get up every morning, uh, James Clear would say that the quickest way to develop a habit is to habit stack it on top of something that's already a habit. And so if you drink coffee every morning, have the book sitting next to the coffee maker and just commit to reading five pages every time you hit brew on the coffee pot or put it next to your bed and let it be a reminder that instead of keeping up with the Kardashians when you hop in bed, you're going to read five or 10 pages of that book before you watch whatever TV show it is. And you don't have to pick 
either of those two options that I just recommended, but I would encourage you to take one step towards daily learning. Whatever that step is for you, decide what it is, own it, commit to it. But I also have news for you. It doesn't stop here. We've got to keep going. Uh, If it's just learning and it doesn't have any action tied to it, then it's just entertainment. Learning without action is just entertainment. It's just information that's going to flow in one ear and out the other ear. And what's really dangerous is if we get in the habit of learning and we like the feeling of being that person that always has the new ideas and is bringing them up to their friends and doesn't actually do anything about it, doesn't actually ever practice what we preach. And so how do we move it to action? The answer is relationships. We got to cultivate relationships. Everybody knows the song, lean on me when you're not strong. You're singing it in your mind now because I'll be your friend. We need friends. We need people that we can count on. There's a, there's a statistic that says if we have people around us that we trust and we mention the things that we want to do out loud to those people and we know that there's time on the calendar in the future for them to check in on us, that we are 95% more likely to follow through with that action. Those odds are incredible, 95%. You look at that comparatively to the success rate of New Year's resolutions, which is at like a whopping 4% on average. It's because people try to do it by themselves and you just can't do it. And I was even thinking about uh, what, what illustration could I use to tie to the growth mindset. And my mind immediately goes to the Olympics. I don't know why, I'm just an Olympic nerd. And so the first thought was, it's hurdles, right? You're, you're, you're encountering all these challenges in your life, all these hurdles that you have to leap over. And sometimes you're tripping over them, but you got to get up and keep going. And then I thought for a second and I said, no, it can't be hurdles because there has to be somebody else involved in the process. Going back to those purpose statements, they all involved other people and impacting others and passing on the knowledge, the wisdom, the growth mindset to other people. And so I thought relay races with the baton handoff because you're handing off something to somebody else. And then, and then there's a lot of weird sports out there in Olympics, a lot of weird events. One of those events is relay speed ice skating. Instead of passing off a baton, there is a physical push that happens. The person that's behind will push the other person that's going on forward And then that person will come around and push that person again. And what a great picture of the accountability that we need in our lives. We need somebody to push us, just to apply a little bit of pressure so that we can reach our full potential and then come back around and help them reach their full potential. The saying is completely true that we're the average of the five people we spend the most time with. And so we have to be very intentional about the relationships that we surround ourselves with and the level of accountability that we're inviting in, that we're having in those relationships. Juan Magadan, he is my hero. The guy is a total rock star. He is the director of operations at Chick-fil-A 59 and Kirby in Houston, Texas. And on top of that, he's also getting his degree in biochemical engineering, which I don't even know what that means. That's so far over my head. Uh, On top of that, He's owning and facilitating leadership development for not only his store, but also two other stores under the Halak 
uh, brand of Jesse Chalu as the as the operator, and I uh, I heard Juan say this recently. He said it's about creating the habits when talking about a growth mindset. See, what Juan would tell you is it's really hard for those 66 days that it takes to form a habit. It takes a lot of energy from you, reminding people and applying that pressure, pushing people forward. But once you do that and you empower others, they start taking the initiative to hold each other accountable. They start doing the pushing themselves instead of you having to do the pushing all the time. And you get to benefit from it as a leader because you're surrounding yourself with people like that and you're investing in those relationships in a very meaningful way. And if anybody had the excuse not to invest in relationships in that way, it would probably be one earlier this year, back in March, they set the record for revenue in a single month at a Chick-fil-A restaurant over $2 million in one month. I asked one, I was like, was there ever a temptation to stop pouring into each other to stop meeting, to stop having these conversations about leadership. And Juan, Juan's response was absolutely not. We know this is what got us here. And what got us here isn't going to get us to what's next. So we have to keep going. And you may be sitting there saying, Josh, that sounds great, but I don't have those relationships right now. Uh, I don't want to be the average of the, of the five people that I'm spending the most time with right now. My advice to you would be the friend that you're searching for first. You can elevate the relationships around you. And sure, some, some of you need to seek out new relationships that are going to push you to grow. But what would it look like? There's, there's roughly 600 downloads of a podcast right now that I put out here on the Secret Sauce podcast. What, if, what would it look like if all of us as listeners sent an encouraging text to somebody else, just to tell them that you value them, that you, uh, you appreciate their leadership, that you need their accountability, and that you want to do this thing with them, that you want to grow together, and, that, and then commit to that person that over the next year, send 12 texts every month, check in with them, say, how are you growing this month? And then number two, how can I help you apply those things? If you would ask those two questions to somebody each month and they would ask it to you, you would grow at an incredible rate. Let's all do that and let's watch what happens, how that plays out because we can't do it without relationships. And if I could leave you with, with one thing, if I could leave you here and you only remember one thing about this episode that you listened to, it would be that inside of, uh, inside of that conversation that I had with Brian is he got called a try hard we had a conversation outside of practice and I got to share with Brian that, listen, Brian, effort and hard work isn't something to be embarrassed about. It's what's going to make you successful in the long run. If you're willing to stay committed to that. And I'm happy to share that, that Brian uh, earned a scholarship to play college basketball, mainly because of his growth mindset, not because of raw athletic ability or raw talent. It was because he was willing to work hard. So my challenge to all of you is to be tryhards. Let's take what the world intends to mean something negative and let's make it a positive. Let's be tryhards for the things that we care about the most. Thank you for leaning in and listening right now. Please Feel free to share this with, uh, with anybody that you think would find this really beneficial and impactful. I can't wait to hang out with y'all again. Stay saucy.